0: If you could make any potion to harm or help anyone, what kind of potion would it be?
1: Good question, Sonali. I don't know. (laughs) But that is the very basis of the book that we'll be discussing today called Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner.
0: Welcome to Half the Shelf. It is pretty unlike anything we've read so far. It's kind of um, historical fiction in that it's set in the 1800s, actually late 1700s. And this is Sarah's debut novel. She's actually a full-time, she works full-time in finance. So like it's inspiration for someone who's not like a full-time writer breaking into writing. And it's an amazing book. I'd encourage you to check it out if you haven't already. Oh, definitely
1: yes. And this is a dual timeline book, so we get to dive into the stories of these three ladies, Nella, Eliza, and Caroline, and we go pretty much back and forth between between the late eighteen hundreds and and present time because Caroline. Oh, it's actually
0: late seventeen hundreds. I think the timelines are like seventeen nineties. Early eighteen hundreds, and then the present.
1: So Nellon and Eliza are in the same timeline, and they actually know each other, interact with each other. Whereas Caroline is in the present, and they're kind of reading through the stories.
0: Yeah. So the it all starts with the apothecary, who is Nella, and so she's we don't really know how old exactly she is, but we know that she had some some tragic events happen earlier in her life and now she's an older single woman who had lost a baby and she also lost her mother who was also an apothecary. So she's carrying down this legacy of healing women but due to life circumstances and because she's been betrayed before she started helping women take revenge on men in their lives and we also have eliza who came in a little
1: later on as an assistant um her first encounter with nella was that she needed to get a potion for her mistress uh against uh to um as a revenge against her husband who is just an evil man so yeah
0: uh, Eliza's only, I think, 12 years old when this starts, so she's this young, like, innocent girl, and Nella is trying to protect her from everything because she, she thinks that Eliza has no idea what goes on behind the scenes of this apothecary business
1: true yeah but she learns and then of course we have Caroline who is in the present who is reading these stories and she also has her own uh, she was also betrayed by her husband who had an affair
0: yeah so I think the theme so far is that there are girls and women Nella and Caroline are both women and Eliza is still a girl, but all of them have been betrayed by adults in their lives and especially men and boys because, you know, Nella had this lover who cheated on her and left her with this baby. And so she's been living this life of sadness because of that. And then Caroline in the present, was living this kind of boring life just because she thought it would make her husband James happy and and after all of this like kind of mediocre kind of boring life she finds out that her husband James has been having an affair so it's like what what did I do all this for like I've been doing all of these things for you and you're the one cheating so she goes on this anniversary trip by herself like the anniversary trip that Caroline and James had been planning for a long time. They'd been planning to go to London, and this was something she was very excited about because she's very interested in history and classic English literature, and she's like, this is the chance that I finally get to see all this, all of the landmarks that I've been wanting to see. And James had this like horrible like, thing to tell her that he's been having this affair so she's like you know what i'm still gonna go on the trip but i'm going by myself and that's where she finds all of these really interesting secrets about this hidden apothecary from like hundreds of years ago yeah, so
1: it was a definitely an adventure for her. And it, it was an adventure that she needed because, you know, she's going through so much, um, so much betrayal. But uh, like Sonali said, so the betrayal, uh, I'm sorry, the one of the themes is obviously betrayal. Another theme is womanhood, right? Um, these women and girls, they have an invisibility around them by that what I mean is you know, we tend to go unnoticed. We tend to be be a little bit more pushover because men or other woman uh, thinks that we can we'll just do whatever it is that stress society wants and unfortunately, a lot of times that is true. And overall, they just don't think that we are capable but with that invisibility, there's also advantages, right? So for there are in history and in this book, a lot of women can do things unnoticed. So like Nella has this bottegaire shop, and nobody knows how powerful her shop is, except for the woman in in London and Caroline, of course. And just like that, history has shown that there have been women in. A uh, woman spies who have gone unnoticed because people just don't think that she's capable. Um, but really, but really, they have done so much to society. So I guess that's one advantage of having, uh, of being a woman. I guess.
0: How else do you think they they're seen as invisible in the book?
1: Good question. Um, well, um, like I said, Nella has its apothecary shop and nobody knows exactly what she does. Uh, even her advertisements are very subtle in 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 the newspaper and it's only word of mouth so like no men ever accuses her of poison and no other woman um, aside from the one that comes to the shop, of course, knows of her existence, So she is able to move freely and and nobody really pay attention to her. And then even uh, um, Eliza, like she's 12 years old and then she's from a rural country. So, you know, she's just kind of this uh, little poor girl that's from nowhere that is in the big city and then nobody's going to care what she is or who she is and what she looks like. And yet, She is the one that is writing letters for her mistress and she's the one that became an assistant to Nella. So she holds a very big responsibility. And Caroline. Caroline's in the present, so it's a little different, right? Like Caroline's uh is a little bit more complicated because some of it is her own doing. Like she was just doing whatever her husband wanted. She decided not to go to um, not to go to grad school because you know they were gonna get married, they were gonna get kids. She decided to take a job at her old parents' um, her factory, uh, and on one hand, that's like James seeing her as, as like being a pushover. And then she uh, and Caroline to a degree can be pushed around, but uh, but at the same time, she did choose those actions, and then she did decide that she's gonna do whatever James wanted so
0: yeah Yeah. i thought it was a little unfair of him at like towards the end when she says when she finally confronts him and she she says i'm not the one who wanted all this stability that you think i wanted i only took the job at the farm because you you wanted me to and all he says is i never forced you to take that so he's not really taking responsibility. He doesn't understand that the only reason she's doing it but is because she thought he wanted her to.
1: Isn't that just frustrating? Like that guilt trap too. Like, "Oh, I I'm not the one that forced you to do this. You're the one that chose you to do it." And yes, yeah, you chose to do that. But like but at the same time, you know, you're going through so much doubting your head that is influenced by like this guy. So, I hate when well, I hate when that happens. Yeah, because I personally have had that happen to me so many times, not by a guy, but like, you know, by other people, like my parents.
0: Yeah, and yeah. especially since he it's not even like he was the one who was faithful. It's one thing if he was he was wanting her to take the stable job, but he was also, you know, faithful and she she knew that she could count on him, but that wasn't the case. So it's like in the end, like she should have just done what she wanted to do instead of doing what she thought he wanted her to do.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that was a bad decision on her part. But, you know, when you're in love and when you want a family, when you want um a stable income, it's one of those things that a lot of people go through and think, you know, Doubt themselves whether they should go with what they want to actually go with and especially caroline being a woman, right? Like we have all that responsibility. Do you want to be a stay-at-home mom? Do you want to raise the child by yourself or do you want to be a working mom and then send the kid to um, to daycare and That's not usually the kind of questions that the guy have to go through and it's usually the woman, so I, I definitely understand where she's coming from. Um, but at the same time, she definitely should have just gone with what she wanted and pursued the career that she would love.
0: Yeah, and then going back to invisibility, I thought it was really interesting how well the apothecary was actually hidden. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally hidden behind like a bookshelf or something. Yeah kind of like the speakeasies and stuff that we've been to in San Diego like you have to turn this like bookshelf door and you wouldn't really know it's there Mm -hmm. unless like someone's told you about it but like the ones we have been to here like you kind of know because like where else would it be but this apothecary you have to go through all of these like there's a bookshelf and there's a tunnel So it's very hard to get through. And you would never know that anything's behind because the room in front of it is like, um, I think all it has is like barley or something. Yeah, it kind of looks like
1: just an abandoned old shop, tiny shop that nobody's using. So Nella had thought through quite a bit. So like she had, uh, I think in... I don't remember what chapter, but in one of the chapters, she, like, thoroughly explained if one is to go through to this level, this is all they're going to find. If that person makes it through, like, her shop, uh, the the front of her shop, then they're only going to find the barleys and, like, maybe one keg or something.
0: Yeah, and yeah. she says, who would be that interested in a barrel of moldy barley? Apparently, our girl, Caroline is. yeah. And so that's, I think that's how women give her their requests for potions. They put like a note in the barrel of barley Mm -hmm. and then she finds it and she starts making whatever they want.
1: So out of the three characters, Nella, Eliza, and Caroline, which one, which one did you find the most compelling or enjoyable to read?
0: I really liked reading all three of them because I felt like they were in one way, like kind of the same person, but in different time periods and different stages in, of their lives. Mm-hmm. Cause Nella is kind of like the oldest one and she's in the f- the first like generation. And then next is Eliza. And then in the modern day is Caroline. And so I think we've all been or will be like kind of different representations of some of these characters. Um, but I liked Eliza just cuz she's the youngest and she's very like in the beginning she's kind of the most like innocent but she's not naive she, like she she hasn't really seen how dark the world is but she knows
1: Mhm
0: and so she's not like stupid but she she's very determined to like learn she is still a kid. I mean, she is only 12 years old. And then,
1: you know, she was assaulted by the, um, the house minister, Mr. Amwell. So, and so her innocence was taken away. And then she did help her mistress, Mrs. Amwell, to kill her husband. So, she definitely has gone through quite the growth in the little short time span that she had. Uh, that That is in the book. And, um uh it makes sense that that she, it makes sense that she is not naive but at the same time she's you know she is only 12
0: yeah so i i just really like seeing repre- representations of girls like that that are still kids but they're they're they have this like wisdom behind mm-hmm. them somehow yeah for
1: me, I think the most compelling story would be um, kind of like you. I think I like all of them. Um, I think I enjoy uh, Eliza and Nella more than Caroline. I think with Caroline, it's just, uh, it's just a little bit frustrating to see, like, how many decisions she has done to cater to James, and that she didn't realize them until now. And it's like... It's like kind of going back to her being a pushover. And, and on one hand, I understand, I get it, and I feel for her pain. But at the same time, I'm like, why? Uh, it, it was a little frustrating. Um, but I do thoroughly enjoy Nella's and Eliza's
0: journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like I do know a lot of women like Caroline that are just, you know, living their life because they think this is what my family wants or you know this is what my spouse wants and they never they almost like it seems like they never think about what they want and if they do think about it they're just like well maybe in another life it could happen but this is life so
1: yeah that is the unfortunate part about womanhood is that we are taught to you know cater other people first and then we because we're taught to be nurturing and with nurture you have to cater to other people and and which is unfortunate because I think we all have gone through that as well right especially when growing up like we are like oh let's do what our parents want let's do what uh, our so-and-so wants and And but eventually, you know, I do hope that all these ladies, including ourselves, will go to be like, okay, this is what I want. Even if we want to cater to other people, we I hope that we find that one thing where we are like, no, we're not compromising for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you gone through something like that where you're like, no, this is the one thing that I want. I am not going to
0: compromise anymore. Um, I don't know. I think. I think, um, when I was younger, I felt like my mom was kind of like Caroline. And so I think that's why this story kind of resonates with me Mm -hmm. because I felt like my mom wasn't really thinking about what she wanted. And so I feel like I'm always thinking about that whenever I'm trying to decide what to do these days. Like I'm always thinking, um, like, how how do I figure out how to, like, assert boundaries and, and things like that. When I was in college, she gave me this book about, like, you know, how to how to assert your own boundaries and how, like, sometimes doing what other people want isn't actually good for either one of you. It's not good for you, and it's not good for them either. Mm-hmm. But I think she's still not, like she's still not gotten the hang of that, right? Even though like we've read the book and everything, it's like a whole lifelong process to figure all of that out. So um, yeah, it's been interesting. I don't know if there's like one specific thing that I could like point to, but. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, that either of these
1: three girls, uh, one of these three girls have finally um, got that get that revelation?
0: Yeah, I think all three of them kind of either were very independent from the beginning of the book or at least by the end, they've figured out what they're doing. So even Caroline, by the end, um, she, she decides to pursue the history and English research that she's always wanted to do instead of doing accounting for her family
1: yeah
0: i was happy about that for for once
1: and nella and caroline you know obviously have been betrayed by men in their lives so so how do you think that uh the two women respond similarly or differently
0: Eliza looks like the one that ended up kind of happy with the man at the end. Um, But we don't really get to see how that happened. We just see her meeting this boy when she goes, she goes to visit a bookshop because she's trying to find a spell or a tincture or something to get rid of the spirits in her mistress's house because, you know, she killed, she helped kill her master And she thinks her master's spirits are haunting the place. So she's trying to find a potion or something for that. And while she's at the bookshop, she meets this boy, Tom. And they kind of develop this thing at the end. And we don't really get to see how it develops. But we see that she gets married to someone. And his name is Tom. Yeah. So that was kind of sweet. And... I think the other two, Nella and Caroline, we don't really see if any of them get married or anything in the end. But I feel like I'm seeing that they're really, they're okay being independent. And that's good too.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, Nella, when she found out that her lover was betraying her, and oh, and spoiler alert: um, her lover is the one that is responsible for her, her unborn fetus. Um, pretty much he poisoned her so that, that her she has a miscarriage. So, I've uh to revenge against that uh to do to avenge that to avenge that um, Nella pretty much created a a potion that you know, that kill her lover. So that's how he died. So that was a pretty extreme move. But at the same time, it's, I would say, in her point of view, it's justified. And especially back then when, you know, killing somebody may not hold as much weight as killing now. Um, So that was how Nella responded. And then Caroline, on the other hand, I mean, Caroline pretty much just, Gave, um, well, first off, Caroline left the country to go on her honeymoon, no, not her honeymoon, her anniversary vacation by herself. So that was kind of like a gift to her. So, like, she finally just like, I'm leaving you, James, and I am just gonna go on this. I'm gonna have an adventure of my own without you. So, and But James showed up anyway in London, which is super annoying because Caroline said, no, don't come. And James did not listen. But she did have James, you know, sleep in the hotel room like on the couch. And so Caroline was definitely a lot more more lenient, I would say, with the way that, that she handled. But at the same time, she did not go through the loss of, you know, the unborn fetus. Do you think... Caroline actually po- try to poison Jamie or like is it one of those like it's an accident but I'm not gonna tell him
0: no yeah. there was this really interesting moment where I think we were all wondering as readers and the other characters in the book were wondering if she might have done something to hurt him and it was kind of a parallel between what Nella had done and what the characters in the seventeen hundreds had done, but it was all like an accident sort of that's yeah. debatable, but she didn't do anything to hurt him so what happened was there's this bottle of eucalyptus oil. I'm not sure why she had it, but James wasn't feeling well like he had um he had a cough or something, he had a cold and he asked her if she had any dayquil or nyquil and she didn't have any of that but she said all i have is this eucalyptus oil and she thought that he would apply it like you put on vicks like you know you put it on your chest and your neck and and stuff but he just drank it and she had no idea and like i wouldn't have thought he would have done that either so i don't i don't blame her for not knowing that he would have done that because who drinks eucalyptus oil but um, like he just drinks it like you're drinking Dayquil or whatever. Yeah. Like, by the cat full. And
1: that was stupid. She was
0: shocked. But then, actually, we later find out that... Um, so, he gets taken to the hospital and everything, and it's this huge deal. They're not, like... You, you should definitely read this part, because it's very, very intense. And, like, kind of funny if you think about it, but, like, not funny. But we find out that he actually knew that he was not supposed to drink it and he took the oil hoping that it would bring Caroline back
1: which is so manipulative yeah so so manipulative and at the end did at the end did Caroline leave James I don't think she did she was just like I'm going to do my own thing but I'm still going to have you
0: near me I think throughout her stay in London She wasn't like, she never said, I'm going to leave you, but it was like, I'm going to take some time away. I'm going to do my research. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this. And then he came to London. And I think that's why she wasn't like, she let him stay because she, I think she knew that like, this is my own time and it doesn't matter if he's here. Like, I'm just going to go out and like, enjoy myself anyway. And so she wasn't like that bothered. It wasn't like a huge invasion. But I think by the end of the book, it was pretty clear, like she never said it explicitly, but it was pretty clear that they're kind of gonna part ways cause they have nothing in common anymore. And there's just like too much that's happened. And she wants to go do her English PhD. And he wants to, he wants more of a different sort of life, so.
1: Yeah, I
0: wasn't sure about that. Uh, I kind of just took it as
1: I'm going to do my own thing, but I'm just still around in my life. So I'm like, mm, not sure if
0: I like that. Yeah, Yeah. who knows? Maybe in a while they might get back together, but it does not sound like it to me.
1: No, he is way too manipulative. You know, I wonder what it's like to read this book from a male perspective. It's uh, seeing especially because this book is you know from the woman's point of view because we have three ladies and we get to see what they see and then the author herself is a woman and the males in this book are all painted pretty pretty dark except for maybe one person
0: tom yeah Uh, and then the um the man who helps caroline find he oh yes they go, like, treasure hunting together. And he's the one who kind of gets her into all this research. Right. So,
1: like, we do have a few males that, you know, are good characters. But other males, on the other hand, are are pretty much evil. So I wonder how men feel, like, men readers feel when they read this book.
0: Yeah. The one comment that I read, I was looking at, you know, some of the reviews. Like, I usually do when I... I read a book and this the first review I saw was from a male reader and the first thing he said was that it was a little uncomfortable at first for him because of, I think he, he used the words like, he, I think he gave the impression that like masculinity was kind of being attacked, but he didn't dislike the book. He finished the book and like had like an extensive discussion on it and everything but yeah i can i i feel like it's easy to imagine many men many men no. <laughs> in our society because i feel like men already a lot of them feel insecure especially you know with all of this like feminism and stuff and so we we hear a lot of that not that i think that that's okay but it's just How I hear a lot of men talking. They feel like feminism's an attack on their manhood or whatever. And so I can see why this might be an uncomfortable book to read.
1: Yeah, I don't know how they will feel. I'm not a man. Um, I can imagine you know I I mean I think let's let's switch the gender role for a second let's say this is from a men's perspective: Caroline Nella Eliza are all men and the they portrayed by all women I think if we were to read that but I would say yeah I'll feel a little bit uncomfortable and then in and then I would be like well not all women are like that right so I imagine that's kind of the thought process that they go through as well um I'm sure it's a little different but I mean how what would I know I'm not a man yeah but I imagine if the gender roles are all reversed in this book I, I think the storyline is still really good but I think I will in my head I would be like well not all women are like that Um, but this is a story and it is fiction so it is you know not true uh, but that is an interesting comment um, that you saw I have to read all those reviews I haven't read through much review i think i only really read like maybe one or two top reviews on Goodreads reads and and they liked it so mm-hmm. that aside, you know how does this book relate to our current events because i we know that caroline is in the present but you know the other two ladies are in the past so what do you think it or how do you think it's related to our current time right now
0: well, I think like a lot of the stories are kind of universal. Like we all have like betrayal and um people cheating on us and like even though Nella and Eliza lived hundreds of years ago in the book, like we could have the same types of things happening to us. But I think the the question of choice when it comes to Being a parent and giving birth and things like that are still in danger, even in 2022. So um, I thought it was it was nice to hear that the author, Sarah Penner, is an advocate for birth control for um, like universal birth control. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that should have been, you know, we should have had that a long time ago, but it's. It's time now, especially like since like other rights are already being taken away or in danger of taken being taken away.
1: Right, and then in the book, um, Nella and Eliza, you know, they they have different. Well, Nella had different potions for um, for bring, having for being pregnant or ending. The pregnancy, and then Eliza was reading the book that what one of the spells was breathing air into the lung of the dead fetus, which is apparently how Tom became alive. Yeah, uh, that was
0: that was kind of cool, actually.
1: Yeah, so uh, we get to see that in the past, uh, these ladies are helping one another with pregnancy. So that's that's kind of neat to see. And and of course, it makes sense that Sarah Penner is uh, as an advocate for birth control because she displayed that in the book as well.
0: Yeah. And I would expect nothing less from someone who really believes in like women supporting each other and um, women making their own choices and following their own heart. So I was really glad to see that Mm
1: mm-hmm yeah and then the recipes they you know how at the end of the book like we get to see some recipes and um it's interesting i uh, i think i was looking through that and i think the the one that i would want to try is a cookie one it is i think raspberry
0: orange something
1: no sorry rosemary butter biscuit cookies it sounded good and it sounded easy to make but I also want to try the, the devil eggs that uh, I think Eliza did to kill uh, Mr. Oh, I, yeah, um, I
0: think they were scrambled eggs. Oh,
1: they were scrambled eggs. Oh, you want to I...
0: make scrambled eggs to poison someone? Okay, without the poison. <laughs> I-, I thought it was
1: devil eggs. I don't remember. Okay, uh, well, uh, well, I'm in the mood for devil eggs. Just without the, the actual devil in it, you know? Uh-huh. Just uh, a little bit of a PG
0: devil, not the R-rated devil. <laughs> Funny story, though, a while ago, um, like, I got this text from someone, like, and it was, okay, so, like, someone I had been with, like, a long time ago texted me, and he was like, um, do you have any STDs? And I was like, no. What? And he was like, well, I was... I, I was drinking this tea and it like really freaked me out because I felt some something burning and I was like okay like I don't know anything about that and he was like, yeah I was reading online and it's apparently a tea that pregnant women aren't supposed to drink and it can do like really bad things to your like genitals and stuff and I looked it up and it was like oh there's actually like studies about it and stuff so like there's like actual herbs that you can take to, like, cause these, like, miscarriages and also just, like, make things happen to your body, apparently. But, like, raspberry leaf's one of them, at least according to these online articles. But... What kind of tea was this? He said "Hit the one he had was HNetsia, which I didn't find anything when I, I Googled. Uh-huh. I didn't find anything about that specific one that caused any of these issues. But he said the the lady that sold it to him said, like, pregnant women shouldn't drink it because it can cause miscarriages. That seems a little scary. I don't know why you will be selling that to people. Well, yeah, I mean, it's actually a really popular tea, um, but I guess not for pregnant women. But, yeah, I thought that was really interesting because, you know, here we are reading this book about, like, this apothecary that lived like hundreds of years ago and like maybe some of these herbs still work and you can possibly still take them to get whatever you want oh yeah definitely i mean
1: you know the eastern medicine are all about herbs and if you go to South america um or, or south america you know the tribes that live there still use herbs as medicine so I I'm pretty sure there are a lot of um herbs and combination of herbs out there that can cure a lot of things. It's just we don't know what kind of herbs they are, and then we don't know how to prove them, um exactly because, um for Western medicine, you know we use a scientific method, and that just some of the medicine just hard to, to um repeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: that said, yeah. Yeah, there was another TV show that I really liked. Oh, like, And it had also kind of the same concept of, like, all of these women who live together. And, like, some of them are enemies, some of them are friends. And relationships kind of changed throughout it. But one of them is a woman who is pregnant with her, like, boyfriend's baby. But it was, like, a secret li- relationship. And she's living in the same house that he lived in with his wife and she didn't know that he was married and stuff so like someone from the house tries to make her this smoothie that has like cashews and almonds and all these different nuts but it's supposed to cause a miscarriage and um it's just like like this like really intense moment where like she's holding the glass to her lips and everyone's watching her and they're like, is she gonna drink it? Like, how do we get her to stop drinking it? And she's not gonna believe us if we tell her like what it actually does. So um mm-hmm. yeah, I I wonder like what what herbs that had, but and I hope it doesn't actually exist. Cause like how how scary. Like if you're drinking a smoothie and it actually can do something really bad. Yeah,
1: apothecary is definitely useful to know and to uh be aware of even if you don't use them um and I think like even um in real life scenarios like so my mom has diabetes and she will eat like this one leaf that helps with her diabetes um I don't know what it is I don't remember what it is but she has that plant, and uh, it actually helps so uh it's kind of neat to know you know how like earth nature wonder actually help with the problems that we have and and but not it's not well known, and then it seems like women more women know about it than men um i don't know if it's just because we're in the states and then we we use western medicine more but at least in the state it seems like more women know about like these um natural medicine herbal medicine rather than men knowing about them?
0: I think, I don't know about the U.S., because I I do have two male friends, actually, who are Mm -hmm. um, herbal. Actually, three. I know three different men who do, like, herbal medicine. And it's not quite the same as being, like, an apothecary. But I think in the, in Eastern traditions, it's, like, women who pass down the knowledge to their kids so like i might have learned it from my grandma and i didn't really because i didn't grow up mm-hmm. with them but they're the ones who learn how to make all the foods and desserts and everything so they also know like my mom whenever my stomach hurts she always says why don't you have some juan or some ginger or something mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: um it is a skill that is it's getting less and less notice and i wonder if we have uh, a real life up with somewhere in the world that's doing exactly what nella is doing right now who knows maybe yeah hopefully she uses it
0: for good yes
1: than yeah um well that's pretty much it for our, our book, The Lost Brother Gary by Sarah Penna. I know that she's coming out with her second book sometime. What's the title
0: again? London Seance Society. And what is a seance? So as far as I know, a seance is like kind of like a, a meeting of people who are like summoning magic and... um like divine spirits and stuff. Like, I don't know. I'm envisioning like a circle of people getting together, and they're all like standing under a full moon, and maybe they have like a potion brewing or something. What is this? Like witches? I don't yeah, love. I kind of, I kind of. That's kind of what I'm envisioning. Not just women. It could be like men and women. The way I'm envisioning is it, like you know
1: how the magical, uh, ministry in Harry Potter, where Mm -hmm. they all like having a meeting in a circle. That's kind of how I imagine it. But anyway, that book is coming out in 2023. Um, So, you know, we will definitely compare how that book is to this book. I imagine Sarah Pena being the hysterical, hysterical, sorry, historical uh, narrative author uh, will probably involve, incorporate some sort of uh, historical fiction into this as well.
0: Yeah, this was her first book, but um, she's a member of the Historical Novel Society already. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting to see more history from her. And like all I've heard, all I've heard about her next book is two things. One was that it has more sex scenes. I don't know oh. if that's good or bad. Spicy. but I see. Like, yeah, if you like that sort of thing, you might want to check that out. That might be an incentive. And then the other thing was she gave us this cryptic clue.
1: Oh, so kind of like that last but to Gary where, you know, it's a little hidden. I love those. I I love like the hidden stores, hidden um, speakeasies. And yeah, well, um, that's all for today. Uh, If you like our podcast, give us a like, give us a subscribe. Give us a subscribe. Uh, hit that subscribe button you know all that we're also active on instagram facebook and youtube so you can find us there if you want to reach out to us just hit us a dm on instagram
0: thanks see you next time